the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Well, we're in the home stretch as it uh, concerns the midterm elections, November the 8th. That's two weeks from tomorrow. And J.D. Vance, Republican Senate candidate here in the state of Ohio, is canvassing the state. And he was with Ted Cruz this past weekend. He'll be with Senator Lindsey Graham tomorrow. So we welcome J.D. to the show. And how did it go with Ted Cruz getting around the state of Ohio, J.D.? Yeah, it went great. He brought a big bus into, into the state, and so we, we rode in comfort for a day. We had great crowds, Bruce. I mean, just amazing energy out there. I really feel very good about where we are. Just talking to Ted, I think we're going to be in a good spot, not just in Ohio, but all across the country. Yeah, I feel good about where you are, too, because I am relying on the fact that polls typically undersample Republicans. I think Republicans are inherently suspicious with good reason of the media, and I think they associate pollsters with the media. But I also am wary that people will assume, because every pundit that talks about this race talks about it in terms of, yeah, the polls are close, but J.D. Vance is going to win. So I know that you don't want that malaise to creep in, and you really want to stress get out there and vote on November the 8th and get your friends who are like-minded to vote as well. No, that's exactly right. We want to win, and we want to win big. Uh, but look, polls can be wrong in either direction, so you can't take anything for granted. I do feel like we're in a very good spot, like we've got all the energy. But Tim Ryan is, is basically run as a Republican for the last three months, pretending to be something that he's not. And so we have to counteract that with good voter engagement and turnout. And we're talking with J.D. Vance, Senate candidate. And I really thought bringing up your children being biracial, bringing up the fact that it's not racist to demand a border. I like the way that you went on attack there. And uh, I think that's something that not just you as a Senate candidate, but citizens need to be able to do. We don't need to be ashamed of believing in American exceptionalism and believing in the American dream, which is a dream that's available to everyone. We can't allow these guys to put us on the defensive because when, when Tim Ryan calls me a racist on the debate stage, he's not doing it because he wants to promote better opportunities uh, for non-white Ohioans. Of course, that's an admirable thing. He's not doing it because he wants to promote racial harmony. He's doing it because he wants to put me on the defensive and shut me up so I stop talking about the border. And 99% of the time when the left uses this tactic, whether it's against the Senate candidate or an everyday citizen, that's exactly what they're trying to do. And I, and I think we're going to win not just this election, but the the long-term argument here, we need to actually go on offense. We need to show that we're not terrified of our principles. And when people call us bad names for wanting a border or for believing in our own country or for, you know, admiring our founding fathers, we need to not allow them to be defensive and act afraid because that's how you lose the argument. But if you're you're self-confident and you're assertive, we've got the truth on our side will win so long as we have people making the argument the right way. J.D. Vance, our guest, running for Senate to replace Rob Portman in the U.S. Senate. It's a hold seat, so we have to hold it here in Ohio. And uh, he will be with Senator Lindsey Graham tomorrow. Lindsey Graham coming in, and that's got to be nice to have another senator in to Ohio. And you guys will be out and about tomorrow where? Summit County, I guess, is where you're headed? 
So we start tonight in Summit County. We're going to be in Delaware tomorrow morning, Delaware County in Central Ohio, and then we'll sort of be around the state from there. But, I, you know, I, I know Lindsay. I've never campaigned with him. I've heard that he's a riot. So I think that, you know, everybody who comes out should should at least hear a few good jokes. Well, I find it funny, at least, that typically the political unknown, which is what you would qualify as compared to Tim Ryan, a 10-term U.S. congressman, typically the political unknown is at a disadvantage in an election when the party that you're running against, the Democratic Party, has the sitting president. But we haven't seen Joe Biden in Ohio with Tim Ryan. We don't hear Tim Ryan talking about much the Inflation Reduction Act. Do you find it as interesting that I, as I do that we don't see any pictures with Tim Ryan and Joe Biden clasping hands, holding up hands? Interesting is, is one word for it. I, you know, what Tim has to do is pretend that he's not a Democrat. Um, he certainly can't run on the Inflation Reduction Act because people know that it actually is the Inflation Increase Act. He can't run on his legislative accomplishments because they basically don't exist. And everybody knows at this point that he votes with Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi 100% of the time, and that agenda is not popular. So his best bet is to keep these guys hidden away, pretend that he's not a Democrat, and hope that he can hoodwink a small number of Ohioans into voting for him and, and that, that's really what he's trying to do. Yeah, he does. And he's been running away from his own party and his own record ever since he uh, announced that he was going to be running for Senate. And part of that is, of course, attacking you every place he deems you to be vulnerable. We're talking with J.D. Vance, Senate candidate. They've gone down the list, J.D. They started about how extreme you were on abortion. Uh, they have tried uh, associating you with extremists, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ted Cruz. Uh, the other night in the debate, it was the great replacement theory. So now I guess when you're 0 for 3 on those, you swing for the fences with Ukraine. They're trying to make you look like you're somebody who wants to see the Ukrainians lose the war to Russia. Give me your position on Ukraine and why you have said what you've said before about the danger of just continuing to fund a war that seems to be endless. I support the Ukrainians. I think that what they're doing is admirable. I've condemned the Russian invasion from the very beginning. I also think that we have to have a foreign policy that's narrowly focused on our own interests. You know, it's one thing to send the Ukrainians some defensive weapons to help out. It's another thing to fund to the tune of now $80 billion and counting a war that has no end. I mean, what, what, what is really the end point here? Is it another $100 billion? That, do we then spend half a trillion dollars to rebuild the country afterwards? And remember, all this, of course, is happening while our own border is insecure, our own crime problem is getting worse, our own inflation problem is really bad. And I, I just think that American leaders need to more narrowly focus on our nation's interests. And I don't think prolonging this war and funding this war indefinitely actually helps the average American citizen. Our guest is J.D. Vance, U.S. Senate candidate. He'll be campaigning with Senator Lindsey Graham tomorrow. You can follow J.D. at J.D. Vance 1 on Twitter. His website is J.D. Vance. Com. I want to run through where we are in Columbus here. So we had the defund police movement in Columbus. The reaction in the city schools is, okay, all cops are bad. We've got to get the cops out of schools. So fights in Columbus city schools. This was reported by the Columbus Dispatch last week. And they deem a fight a violent incident where they have to call the cops. Okay, The teachers can't break it up. Guidance counselors can't break it up. So Columbus city schools in September averaged 4.4 fights per day that they had to call the cops to break up. That's a 50% increase over the fights they had to call cops to break up all of the last school year. You get down to the bottom of the story and it's, oh yeah, we took school resource officers out of schools and that's when our fights started to go up. 
Columbus police couldn't go back into schools that the schools wanted them because they have a 25% drop in police recruitment. And we have, in the past two weeks, had four teenagers murdered in the city of Columbus, three of them by other teenagers. So to me, this is a case you can make throughout your campaign about Democratic policies on the border and here and there and everywhere are not working. But it's the downstream impacts of these policies that continue to put the citizens of Ohio at a distinct disadvantage. We just ignore common sense um, in this country right now. And, you know, everyone would tell you that if you remove cops from the schools, if you remove the school resource officers from the schools, you might expect things to get a little bit more chaotic, a little bit more crazy. And that's exactly what's happened. In the same way, if you tell Border Patrol not to do their job, you're going to have a border problem. Or if you tell the police officers on our streets not to do their job, you're going to have a violent crime problem. It's just common sense. Uh, I think that everybody with with a brain would have told you that if you really cut down on these school resource officers, you're going to have this issue. And, you know, the, the fights, of course, that's a bad statistic. Think about the learning loss. Think about the effect of the average student in those schools who's not involved in the fights but has their entire day disrupted by it when there are 4.4 fights per day. It's just crazy. And frankly, if Tim Ryan wasn't in the pocket of the teachers' unions, I suspect he'd be calling this stuff out. Yeah, you're right. J.D. Vance, our guest, running for Senate against Tim Ryan. Um, You can follow him on Twitter, at J.D. Vance 1. And then we have the story today locally. The test scores are in. The kids did terrible yet. Oh, the uh, pandemic shutting schools down. Bad idea. But we have the CDC voting 15 to nothing, 15 to nothing late last week to add the COVID vaccine to the list of vaccines like polio and measles that have long time been proven not to be dangerous. Uh, thankfully, the states have sway over this, but I just don't like the continued use of the pandemic or as uh, COVID as a tool for the continual exercise of democratic power. Uh, I, I don't either. And uh, we, we know at this point that the vaccine doesn't prevent transmission, um, that what it does is that it prevents severity of the illness. Um, but of course, the illness isn't very severe for children anyway. And so uh, I think the idea of requiring it in order to go to school is just preposterous. If you want your child to get the vaccine, give them the vaccine. Don't force it on every other student and every other family in the country. Uh, and unfortunately, you're, you're right. It's just another way in which the pandemic has justified an extraordinary use of powers that we you know, really don't want to get used to in this country. Um, you know, I heard somebody say that it wasn't the schools that were shut down. It was just the school buildings that were shut down. And, and I, I was so annoyed at that person. I wondered if they had any child who's actually suffered learning loss from so-called remote learning where, you know, how, how do you possibly expect a nine-year-old kid to sit in front of a computer all day with no interaction with their teachers or with their classmates? So th- 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 we just can't accept this as okay. And look, there's not even that first step of accepting culpability, how do we get two years of learning loss? How do we get kids who don't know reading and arithmetic anymore without accepting any responsibility? That's a big problem. J.D. Vance, our guest, he's running for Senate. Final message for the voters, J.D., before you head out on the trail again today? It's very very simple. Has your life gotten better the last couple of years? Have your streets gotten safer? Has, has, your, has your bank account gotten bigger or smaller? Has your 401k gone up or down? If your life has gotten worse, then we need a new direction in this country. I'm the guy who's going to offer it. Tim Ryan is just a rubber stamp for more of the same. I appreciate 
U.S. Senate candidate J.D. Vance joining the show. He's a very busy guy, and he's got a lot of uh, wingmen coming into the state. Ted Cruz was here over the weekend. What do you think? Is Ted Cruz's bus tour part of a uh, pre-presidential foray for the senator from Texas? I don't think this election cycle favors Ted Cruz. Love Ted Cruz. Need Ted Cruz in Texas. Need him on... Senate Judiciary Committee, need him other places. Uh, I see 2024 as a battle between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. And I know there are a lot of people who think, well, DeSantis won't run if Trump does. I don't think that's accurate. And then there are many, many people who think, well, DeSantis won't win if Trump does. And I don't know that I agree with that either. Because Hurricane Ian has given Ron DeSantis a phenomenal bookend to his performance on COVID. I mean, those are two pretty powerful legislative records that Ron DeSantis can point to. Well, look what I did on COVID. I fought to keep schools open. I didn't allow vaccine mandates. I brought the immigration conversation back to the forefront by sending migrants to Martha's Vineyard. I know how to tweak the left, but do it within the parameters of the law And oh, by the way, I rebuilt the Sanibel Island Bridge in what, a month? You want a guy who gets things done, want a guy who knows how to tweak the left, doesn't take any guff off the media, that's Ron DeSantis. He's Trump without the mean tweets. He's younger, more energetic. I don't see the 2024 nomination Donald Trump over Ron DeSantis by a long stretch. But back to Ted Cruz. He's in Ohio campaigning for J.D. Vance. And he said, when he joined us Friday, he said he was going to New York. And I thought... Who in the world is he going to New York to campaign for? Maybe Lee Zeldin for governor? Because Lee Zeldin is right there neck and neck with Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York. No, you know where Ted Cruz is today? He's taking on someone even meaner than Kathy Hochul. He's taking on Whoopi Goldberg and the women on The View. No, you know, here's the thing. We may not like when Republicans win, but we don't go and we don't storm. We don't try to change. But we'll go to the did, did I miss an entire year of Antifa riots where cities across this country were burning and, and police cars well, were being yeah, firebombed? You Your position is the left doesn't engage in violence, really? No, they wanted to nuke our friend Mike Pence. Like, we how didn't do we do, make you sense just of accused that? us of doing something we didn't do. Oh, really? We He accused you of doing something you didn't do. You didn't storm businesses in Portland? In Columbus, oh, by the way, in Dayton, how many riots were there after George Floyd? Refresh my memory. When we got to the presidential election in the fall of 2020 and big cities were boarding up their windows, were they doing that in preparation for a Joe Biden victory? Or were they doing that in case Donald Trump won re-election knowing that leftists would riot across the country. I mean, this is just absolutely absurd that she makes the point, I don't know what an Antifa riot is. Well, I guess that's probably your position, because if you admitted that there were such a thing as Antifa riots, then you'd have to admit to the murder of David Dorn in St. Louis. You'd have to admit to Wawa is now closing eight stores in Philadelphia because they're being looted routinely. 
We have major retailers pulling out of downtowns all over the country. Downtowns run by Democrats because it's very hard to find a major downtown that's not run by Democrats. Uh, I believe in winning arguments by presenting effective counterarguments. Democrats believe, and I guess this is all they can believe, their argument, their counterargument is to refuse to admit that the facts and evidence are facts or ever happened. Remember when Joe Biden said Antifa is not a movement, it's an idea? Yet when there's a riot, people show up, organize, their pallets of bricks delivered. Sounds like a movement to me. Amazing. Amazing. So Ted Cruz, uh, (laughs) big ups going on The View and uh, stepping right into the uh, belly of the beast right there. Uh, Now, a federal appeals court has temporarily blocked the Biden administration for moving forward with its student loan relief program, which would spend, with the stroke of his addled pen, a half a trillion dollars. Uh, The Congress, the House of Representatives specifically, is supposed to have the power of the purse. Yet Joe Biden, by signing student loan forgiveness, because, remember, remember, He's signing student loan forgiveness, citing the pandemic, the ongoing pandemic, that kids can't pay back their student loans because of the pandemic. The same pandemic that he told 60 Minutes is over. Aren't you glad we're vacuuming the office? Do you hear the vacuum in the background? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to figure out. We're vacuuming. Apparently vacuuming. We have... 22 hours a day when the Bruce Hooley show is not on. We choose to vacuum the office during the two hours that it is on. At any rate, the whole rigmarole of saying the pandemic is over to demonstrate what a great job I've done administering COVID relief, yet using the ongoing pandemic as the justification for forgiving $10,000 in student loan debt for those who didn't have a Pell Grant and $20,000 in student loan debt for those who did have a Pell Grant seems uh, disingenuous and convenient political pretzel making to me. But Amy Coney Barrett, Supreme Court Justice, denied standing to somebody who was trying to challenge this late last week. Now comes the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals has issued a stay prohibiting the Biden administration from discharging any student loan debt under its loan forgiveness plan until six Republican states, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, and South Carolina, where are we, Dave Yost, that has challenged Biden's right to do what he is attempting to do. Now, I just told you Biden's justification for doing student loan relief is that he says we have an ongoing emergency and people can't pay their loans because of the pandemic. But listen to what he told MSNBC about how he is doing student loan relief. Oops, whoops, whoops, I hit the wrong button and I recorded over Joe Biden. That's not good. He said, I got it passed by one or two votes. That's what he said. I got it passed by one or two votes. There was no vote unless there was like a vote in the back room at the White House. Dr. Jill was a yes, he was a yes, Hunter was a no. That's the only vote. He told them, I got it passed by one or two votes. That's crazy and a lie. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.